Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right. How are we doing, everybody? It's Dave Mormon, Home Service Business Coach, coming at you with another episode. I was just going through my uh, kind of sheet here as far as the podcast episodes, and we're pushing number 100 pretty close, which is awesome, which tells me we've been making podcasts for close to two years now, bringing value. So hopefully you're finding good value on uh, these episodes. I know for me, as I grew my business, um, I was like constantly listening to podcasts, just looking for different ones. Inherently, when you're growing a home service business, there's just so much time traveling on the road to and from the job site, to and from suppliers, to and from clients. Uh, and you're always just seem like you're on the road. So that's why I wanted to now make my own podcast when I'm helping home service business owners with their business and wanted to release a weekly episode. So really wanted to just thank you for uh, your patronage listening to uh, the show. I enjoy making it and been getting uh, some really good feedback and been helping some people uh, get unstuck as well. So really appreciate you listening. Uh, we will touch on our show sponsors here and then we're going to dive into um, to our topic. So shout out to Nice Job. Uh, nice Job helps me at my service business Revive uh, to get those five-star Google reviews. Uh, and make a really automated process around it. So if you're doing really good work for your customer, nice job. I'd say it's like your megaphone, right, to the world to show the world that you're doing awesome work. Um, so I've got a link for that in the show notes here. And then you can also hit up uh, Jobber. You guys know uh, we use Jobber. We've referred a ton of people to them uh, who want to get organization into their home service business. And so Jobber's been awesome. We're going on four years with them now and thousands of thousands of jobs we've scheduled through um, Jobber for our teams to do over the years. Um, and so I'd check out Jobber as well. Uh, and on that one, you can actually get the free trial and get 20% off for six months, which is pretty cool uh, and pretty good amount of savings. So go ahead and check those out. Um, so today we're gonna be, as we transition in, we're gonna be talking about like the power of your circle. And just how important that is, right? You guys have heard the phrase before. We've talked about this, right? You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Uh, if you've not heard that before, it is completely true. I've seen that in my life uh, for sure. But what I wanted to talk about was like as an entrepreneur, you've got to really do some deep dive soul searching here with who's actually in your corner when it comes to you. Uh, and your business. So I will be uh, explaining what that means here. So you've got to look at your business from a high level and you've got to ask, what are you really good at, right? Bob, the business owner, what are you really good at? And then we always hear this, right? Well, you just delegate the rest and it's not quite that easy. Just go delegate the rest. I would actually be looking for people who are number one, a fit with your values. Like for me, who I let into my circle, whether that is, you know, a client that I work with, or it's someone in my personal life, like I'm going to look for someone who's a values fit. What do I mean 
with that, right? We've made content around this, so we won't go too far. But for example, one of my core values would be excellence, right? And so whatever I do in my life, I want it to be done at a really high level. And I don't want to settle and just say, ah, oh, you know what, that's good enough, or let's take a shortcut and kind of cut it short here, or, you know, let's just skip this because we don't feel like doing this. It's like not living life how you feel. It's by living life on what is the standard you set for yourself and then going about how that's how you live your life. And so I don't want to have people in my life that just settle for average and they're like, ah, oh, you know what, that's a seven out of 10. It's good enough. It's passable. You know, that that's good to go. Um, I just don't want those people in my life. And so if someone has a core value of like uh, being average and that's okay and being normal, um, that's not going to really fit with me and I wouldn't be hiring them or bringing them into my circle, right? And so when I look at who's in my circle, they've got to be a fit with the core values for sure, like I mentioned. Um, and then you want to look for someone. I really think that like, it's not always just who's a fit for you, right? And we look like, let's say I have a window cleaning business and I'm like, okay, this person can clean windows like they're going to be awesome, right? Let's get them in, let's get them trained and they're going to they're gonna make me money, right? Try and like flip the table for just like a few moments and think, you know what, Tom here is sitting across the table from me looking for a job. Is this really going to be a great fit for Tom, right? And you should be able to dig in and be like, maybe Tom had worked for like um, a different home service business. Maybe he worked for a landscaping business and just moved into town and he's looking for somewhere where he can be growing his skill set. Maybe back in the day, he had experience maybe in like some, a little bit of sales position, right? Like we just hired a technician who's worked in like sheet metal fabrication, but also has experience doing inside sales. And I'm just like, while we interviewed him, we're like, this guy's going to be great because he's got a high ceiling. We can teach him the technical side but also like he's already got sales experience. The people skills are down. Perfect segue into a potential hybrid role to help us with quoting, right? Like a lot of times we think in our business, okay, we need to bring on, like it's usually the owner that's going like crazy with sales, right? They're, they're so busy running all these sales appointments and we think, oh, we got to go get, you know, that $50,000 sales, full-time salesperson, we're not sure how we're going to afford it. It's like, man, start internally with your team, right? Like look inwardly, who on your team can you give more responsibility to, who has more capacity to take on more things and like, boom, there is your sales rep, right? Let's get them going. Maybe a Friday, maybe a Thursday, whatever. Like just because someone's hired as a technician, guys, in your company does not mean five days of technical work, right? That may be like, uh, a gold nugget that you need to hear today where you're like, hey, we could actually use Tom in four days of route work where he's generating dollars. And then we'll have one day of Tom helping um, doing in-person assessments, right? Or maybe one day Tom's going to come in and just do outbound lead generation and he's going to call through your customer base. Like you've got to look at this workload on your desk and you can't say that you, Bill, the business owner, are going to do everything. You've got to cut your people in and help share some of that responsibility and like walk before you can run like for goodness sakes like don't just go out and get someone full-time like for me pretty much every role I've recently hired like starts part-time and moves into full-time as that person shows themselves uh, and wants more responsibility and at the end of the day like I think people join my companies because I offer advancement and I'm not like 
a micromanager. I'm not like a do-it-all. I have the role built out. I know what winning looks like in that role. Um, we do good onboarding, good training. And then I think I'm a good support and coach, right? With, with weekly check-ins, right? Checking in, meeting for an hour, going through their role, what's working, what's not working, providing feedback, setting goals, and then sending them on their way. And like, I think in our new economy we're in, we've hear people, right? There's no good people. I think the good people are just going to be attracted to the best employers or the best quote unquote bosses. Like I personally think the whole on um, employee employer for a small business, I think is like literally going out the window and transitioning to more of like, not like a partnership necessarily, but more of like shared responsibility and shared roles, right? Like, okay, you're the owner of the business, but you've got people on your team that have a high ceiling and see like a future with your business to help you build it, right? Not necessarily where equity is being shared, but I think some form of like, people need to be rewarded for what they're going to do. Like the whole, just work in a factory and make widgets for like, you know, $6 an hour. Like that's just, people just aren't going to be attracted to doing that anymore. And people, and you should want people who want to use their brain at work. Right. And it's, it's like, there are smart people out there and it's on us as business owners to really like make that role. So for like getting great people into your business, into your life, you've got to first, I think, hold like a high bar and you've got to know like what your values are and you've got to know where your company's going. Otherwise, just like, don't eat. Like I honestly, if you don't have a vision for where your business is going, I would just shut the whole thing down right now because you've got to know like the future, the future growth plans, where, what market you can head into, um, the opportunity, what people you're going to need. Like you need to have like a map before you go on a road trip, right? Is what I like to say. So um, that would be like another key takeaway just off this talk here that I would be making note of. So when I look at like my circle today, right? I think as an entrepreneur in the home service space, I'll just give you a few, like one is you're gonna need a really good accountant. Um, I've got a really good local accountant who I've worked with now going on four years uh, who handles uh, my books. Uh, for all my companies and also personally, uh, and I meet him probably quarterly. Uh, so I'd say three to four times a year meeting him either Zoom or in person, uh, and we're going through things, right? Um, I love those meetings because I want to get better at accounting. I'm not a specialist in accounting. I can talk generally about accounting, but I want to know more of the details of the business because the numbers tell a story and we say know your numbers in your business. I think it's an ongoing um, walk of education where you're just always learning uh, your numbers and getting better with them. So that'd be the first thing I'd look for is you're going to need a really solid accountant um, as you grow in, like as you grow in business and you make more income, um, you don't want to be the person advising yourself on, you know, a high level tax strategy, or, you know, there's an additional $50,000 of net profit. Um, do we put that back into the business? Do I take that draw? personally and take the family to Hawaii? Do I go get that new truck? Like those are all high level tax questions. You should be able to ask your accountant um, and draw up like um, scenarios, right? Where we could put the money this way. What's the tax implications? Um, and, and like ultimately like a little bit of accounting knowledge here is like the, the money I've found, the money best spent is not like, it's rarely in like, hey, take the money out personally, because generally 
there are heavy, at least in Canada, there's heavy tax implications when you pull money from a corporation um, to uh, your, your personal name, right? Depending on your where your income lies, that can be quite high. And so what you'll have in Canada is you'll have a lot of business owners um, try and, you know, buy things through their business and justify them. Not always justified depending on, you know, your ethics and everything, but you, that's typically what you want to do is keep your money um, in your corporation growing back into the business. And that's just one philosophy I want to touch on here is like when you're small and growing, like if you're one truck right now and that one truck does a hundred grand, let's just say this year and you're on the truck, um, if your pricing is correct, like you should have a good chunk of net profit at the end of the day, you should have 20 or 30 or 40 grand, let's just say at the end of the year that you can take. And rather than pulling that 30 grand and going and buying your like Tesla, like if you, I don't even, I Tesla's probably going to be actually more than 30 grand. Let's say you get a new, let's say you got a new, whatever, a new car of some kind, a new Honda Civic, let's say, okay. Rather than going and buying that personally, I would think how could we potentially delay that and actually take that 30 grand and plow it right back into the business. And that's what I did, right? I would take our net profit every single year and I'd go out and buy another van and I'd invest in getting those vans wrapped, right? And then getting good ladder racks on them and then getting another soft wash system and then hiring that office assistant and then upgrading our software, right? And then joining a mastermind, working with a business coach. And then like, you're just always leveling, 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 leveling up um, and delaying that personal pull of net profit. Like I personally believe as a business owner, you should focus on creating inherent value in your business and making your business valuable. Still take out like what you need to live on, right? If you've got spouse and kids and this is your primary source of income, yeah, sure, pull X amount per month, that makes a lot of sense. But when I at least started the business early, um, I was single, unattached. I, I didn't take out much for the first few years of the business just because I was reinvesting back in because I wanted to grow it quickly in like three, four, five years instead of like 10, 11, 12 years. Um, and so everybody's got different situations, but I really think there's a, a key in business is just delaying your gratification. And if you can like catch fire and momentum with doubling down and reinvesting profits back in your business, um, that's going to be a great way to do it. Um, because I just personally believe there's always more money, but there's not more time. And so um, I think when you hold that belief, you want to get pretty scrappy with investing. So that's going to be your, your kind of first person just to touch on is going to be your accountant. Okay. Second um, person you want to look for is a really good insurance provider. And so we've got, um, again, somebody local um, who has an insurance brokerage who oversees all my insurance for uh, all the companies as well as personally. And so, again, as you grow in business, you're going to have, you know, vehicle fleet insurance, you're going to have commercial general liability insurance. Um, you're going to have, you know, personally an umbrella policy. Uh, you could have, uh, you know, your personal vehicles uh, insured as well. Um, there you, you have home insurance. Uh, there's just like, insurance for insurance, right? Life insurance, disability. Like there's just so many things to think about as you grow biz as you grow business. And so I would have someone solid for insurance, right? I know it's different in in every area, but again, I love hiring somebody local who really knows my business, who I can have a relationship with, 
Um, because when you do need to make an insurance claim or, you know, you have questions, you want to have somebody that you can talk to. And so uh, I would be setting that up from day one. I'm personally not a fan of like moonlighting and doing side jobs without like insurance and like doing it properly. Um, I really think when you start your business properly from day one, like I went out and invested, I think it was like $1,500 or something to set up like a proper corporation in Canada that has detached liability from myself, the owner. Um, and that's, that's going to be, I think, important as well as getting like proper liability insurance. Like when you're going out and working on a one or $2 million home, maybe more, um, you want to make sure there's sufficient coverage, um, you know, guarding against like the absolute worst case. And, and, you know, it's, that's insurances for those like catastrophic times um, in business where, you know, not talking about paying out of pocket a couple hundred bucks for property damage would be much more significant than that, that you want to make sure um, you're definitely covered for. So insurance would be another one. I would not try and save money in this. This is like bubble wrapping the success of your company um, and investing in like uh, guarding against the, the worst case. So that'd be the second one, right? So we got your accountant. Um, you're also going to need to have bookkeeping in that as well. Um, a lot of times accountants will do bookkeeping as well. So um, I would look for, um, you're going to need like a CPA, we call it here in Canada. Um, and then you're going to need your bookkeeping taken care of as well. Uh, and then you're going to need someone solid in insurance. Okay. So those would be um, a few to mention. Um, another one in my corner would be a, honestly like a strong re realtor, right? Um, I love doing um, property investing. And so for me, uh, I love having a strong realtor. Um, it's kind of a hobby of mine looking for um, properties and keeping up to markets. Um, and, and so I really enjoy um, kind of that side of the, uh, the business as well. So whether you're into that or not, um, I think having um, someone strong who can advise you in other investments, right? I do think you want to keep your head pretty squarely in growing your service business, but I think also you want to look for other long-term, like very non-sexy, I call them investments, which would be like buying you know, a house that you could rent out, like the basement and the main house, or go rent out like a condo unit or whatever the case may be. Um, I look back at my journey and got into um, the property game now like 10 years ago. Um, and so I just really think your service, like how I view wealth generation is like your service business makes a cash flow that you initially grow into the business and get, um, get the business going, right? And, and scale it up to where you want. And then looking at taking additional money that the business makes um, and you can go and do, you know, joint ventures or go into property, um, buying properties. Like it's just a great kind of way to counterbalance um, the service business because like the service business is an operating company, right? There's going to be things to do in the day to day problems. You like upset clients. There's going to be employees quitting. Like there's just so much stuff going on. We're typically like rentals when you get it set up and you've got a good tenant. And I hire tenants as if I hire employees, like a very strong vetting process, like application form, like it, like just all out because I want to get a great tenant that can live in that property for years and years. Um, and so like it should take, you should be able to count the hours per month on one hand that depending how many units you have, but it shouldn't be this like all in roll your eyes. There's so many headaches. Like there are sometimes some seasons where, you know, washers and dishwashers break and you're, you're dealing with repair people, but typically 
it should be set up pretty good. And you, that's just, you just want to have that be like a slow burn for your investment strategy is, is what I, what I personally believe. So um, a realtor would be on my list as well. Um, but back more like tangibly for the service business would be like an operations manager is going to be another huge one, right? Steve is my right-hand guy in Revive. Um, he handles and runs the day-to-day. And so um, if you want a good book to read on this would be called Rocket Fuel. Uh, Gino Wickman is like an absolute uh, genius and uh, read his book. And that gets you sorted on how much of a visionary are you and how much of an integrator are you? And I'm visionary and Steve is my integrator. And so if I'm going to scale this business um, and create vision and, you know, plan out where we're going and work on it on a high level, and work on the development of the business, I'm gonna need someone like in the business running the day-to-day, but also reporting to me and helping me grow the business when the time is afforded. And so having a great ops manager like Steve is incredibly freeing to me because it frees me up to go grow the business, right? And so you wanna really make sure that you're solid in who's gonna be running um, that day-to-day of your company because they're representing you. And again, you want to have that values fit uh, and have someone really that you can trust. And so this wasn't just like a hire on Craigslist that I just, you know, threw Steve in. I'm like, hey, run the whole business. Like this has been growing him over the last number of years through the company, giving him more responsibility, advancing him, training him in different roles. And so it's really turned into this great uh, mentorship relationship where um, I learn a lot from Steve and he learns a lot from me. Uh, and we're a great complement um, to the business. So that would be another um, person you'd really want to have on your team that's really strong, okay? Um, and just going through my list here, another one to touch on is huge, right? An, a strong office administrator, or office manager, whatever you want to call them. Um, you're going to need someone, especially in like smaller ticket size businesses, right? Like window cleaning, gutter cleaning, um, pressure washing. You want someone that's able to be sitting on your CRM, right? Seven, eight hours a day, taking phone calls, sending out quotes, just hugely important because um, you just don't have the time. There's not enough of you. You're going to be out busy running around. You need to have someone as like a backstop who can really represent your company behind the scenes and keep you uh, extremely organized. And so having like, you know, to run a strong service business, you need someone really strong to run um, your field teams and you need someone really strong uh, behind the scenes to, to keep you organized on the office side. So that would be another person you would need um, on your team. And these are addition to having strong field staff, strong technicians as well, right? They're part of your team absolutely as well. And you need to treat them um, as such uh, as well. So we've got accountant, we've got insurance, we've got a realtor. If you're, if you're more inclined to that, um, you're going to need a a strong ops manager. You need a strong office manager. And I'll give you one more. I think too, you're going to need some form of a mentor or advisor or coach to some degree. You're going to need someone who's been there before and done that. Um, And so how I like to hire coaches is find like a really good core value fit and then make sure that they, they've they already been or are at where I want to get to. Um, and you can learn from them, right? And I think you want to have that person in your corner as well, because like it's that quote, you don't know what you don't know. And I think scaling your business, you just have no idea 
of like your next step, like you kind of know, but you're like, well, when do I hire an office manager? Do I need a production manager? How much money should I be making? How much should go into marketing? Like there's all these questions that spin in your head as a business owner. And I think if you have a coach who can just show you like the direct path, um, that's going to definitely be a slam dunk as well. Um, rounding out kind of your kind of who's in your corner. Right. And I really like view um growing a business as like a fight right it's like a boxing match and you want to like you're going to be in like the third round getting smacked in the face and you're going to come back to your corner and be like okay that's like a great question for this person and like what you see with high level entrepreneurs is they just get really good at connecting you to like their people right like i'm looking at my iphone right now and it's just like full of great contacts that i have for you know you're doing a renovation you need a good blind guy or a good floor person or a landscaper a painter it's like I love sending people good referrals to people in my network and so I think you like build your circle personally but also build it within business because um, at a certain point you need to look what do you do best and then you need to almost become more of a generalist in your business you need to really understand numbers you need to be really good uh, with people, I think, and identifying talent. And then you need to be very organized and systematized and visionary. And I think if you can do those things well, um, and if you can hire well and not micromanage and be a strong leader, that's going to really like set this whole thing up for success. And those things take time and I'm still working on them myself, right? Every week I'm trying to get just a little bit better as a person and as a leader so I can be the best version of myself for my team. And I think you need to know like this stuff doesn't happen overnight, right? It's just building your business and your life one brick at a time. Um, and I didn't even touch on it in this episode, but like this whole, um, you know, who's in your circle, like it expands personally as well, right? You should be having like strong people in your life that can influence you positively. I think you want to be looking um, how are you staying, you know, healthy? What are you eating? How are you exercising? Um, what kind of people are you hanging out with? Are you taking time away for yourself? Like all these things will help you recharge personally as well. Um, and so you've got to just look at like, where is your energy going? And you got to look at ultimately like who's growing this business with you. And I don't think you need to go dilute equity and give a ton of shares out. Like I, I would first try to figure out what your business is first um, and, and create advancement for people on the team and get them fired up where this thing's going. Um, and you're going to find there's going to be some really good people that align with you um, where you guys can grow this thing together. And that's where it just becomes really fun when you can share responsibility uh, among the team and among the people in your corner. So don't try be superwoman or superman and do it all every single day. I remember years ago, I'd wake up and I'd be like, I have like 80 things to do today. Like I would tell that younger version of myself, like, man, start sharing some of the love, sharing some of the load. You're not Superman. And I think it was just like youthful enthusiasm where I'm still like young today and learning, of course. But I think you look back and you're just like, man, I would have changed some things up and not tried to be everything to everyone and try take this more team approach, right? I think you can scale up to profitability on your own quick, right? And, oh, let's just run lean and mean and make a crazy good profit and, you know, max out at a hundred grand. Like that's just not super sustainable, I don't think. 
Um, I would way rather grow something and take maybe a profit hit for a season or two as I build my team. Maybe instead of making 30%, I'm going to make like 18%, but I'm going to have a team and have way more freedom and a better lifestyle and build something I'm proud of over 10 years rather than just have like a really profitable season or two. So again, I think like pulling back out to that long-term view and actually ask like, what are you building here? Are you just building a job or are you building a company? Um, and like, I honestly just believe like Richard Branson said best, right? Business is a team sport and you want to be like aligning people in your business. So just start thinking this week, this month, this year, um, what specialists can you bring into your team? Like first, make sure you have the role built out. And then how can you cut people in on your team and give them a future in your business? And that's just when it becomes a lot of fun uh, and a whole lot more exciting because it's just way, way better building something uh, with a team of specialists around you than just you trying to be everything to everyone and do it all because it's just it's going to burn you out and you want to build something really long term of lasting value. So I'm going to cut off there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. want to encourage you to build uh, your team of rock stars right around you build a solid network, um, build a tight circle, and you can really build something great here with your business. So I wish you all the best going into this uh, new month here as you continue to grow your business and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys all on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.